0: So you've been you've been busy.
1: Yeah, very busy. Yeah. Always on the run.
0: Yeah. And uh, visiting places and stuff. Let's not talk about it. Uh, hey, we have we have follow up. Yeah.
1: Tell us a bit more about this. Uh, <laughs> I can see I can see the show notes. So I have spoilers. Uh-huh. but uh, Let's let's pretend like I haven't haven't seen it.
0: OK. What's, um, a, what's in our follow up? So, uh, remember, I think it was last episode in where we talked about some of the syntax that we use for titling meetings and calendar invites in where you just say, like, one-on-one and then the name of the person and just the name of the other person. Well, uh, listener Phil Hawksworth, uh, he also works with me, great guy, uh, he he thinks that uh, you're an animal and that you can't do that. You. Can- <laughs> <laughs> you have to have both uh both participants names in it cuz then the other person is just going to get an invite saying someone someone your name. So I would get a, a meeting called something Rafa and yeah, that's you get like one well, on one Rafa. Yeah, well that's well th- this is Phil this is not me. Um you think you should have them yeah, anyway, um that's follow up. <laughs> Uh, that that crapped me up, but uh, hey, we yeah. also have thanks, Bill. Well, anything in your defense before we move on,
1: or no, I'm a monster. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: it. Oh, uh, okay. Um, another thing we we had happened to us. Uh, it's pretty special moment. (laughs) Remember when we were talking about, I think it was two episodes ago about, uh, original, uh, and creative new UIs and stuff and innovation in UI and how we're losing some of that. And, uh, like the champion of innovative UI, I think it was always Tweety. And we talked at length, uh, here in the show about that app and its creator, Lauren Brichter. So, uh, Lauren Brichter uh, reached out to us. Apparently, he listened to the show and he said, "Cool show." So now we can have that quote in our website. Um, and also, he shared random historical note. Uh, I did, and this is quoting, of course. It wasn't me. This is Lauren. <laughs> I did have that version of Twitter for iPad uh, running scale down on iPhone. Had some the same sliding panel navigation, and it didn't need auto layout or anything fancy. I wish I kept screenshots of it. And I said, uh, yeah, that I would love to see how that would work on a small screen. And, you know, mine, this is, I don't know the exact year, but I don't think this, I think this was pre-iPhone 6 and like the big phone size. So I would love to see how that would work on a small screen, but he did say like it didn't work super well. So this is amazing. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if Lauren uh, is listening, but like it was, this is great. Uh, Amazing. So
1: Yeah, no, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things is how, like, from this tweet, then started like a massive thread on auto layout <laughs> in uh, in our mentions. So
0: yep, yeah, auto layout Twitter is a thing. It's not just design Twitter. Yeah, auto layout Twitter.
1: Anyways, Lauren, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, <laughs> That's, uh, let's let geek out about that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. We will try. You will. You can come on the show, Lauren, and you will describe how this UI would look and we would live try to mock this up <laughs> <laughs> in Figma in a public doc. So people can follow along. That'd be amazing. Ooh, that'd be fun. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it for follow up this week uh, for this main topic. It's not like a main topic. We just, we just want to catch up because it's been a while. And uh, in the pre-show <laughs> super secret pre-show, you were kind of like talking about how you were feeling some, kind of like uh, imposter syndrome because you've effectively been a manager for so long and haven't been a lot doing a lot of ic work so uh, i said like please stop talking let's have let's discuss that (laughs) on the record uh so what's up man
1: yeah um this is just something that i've been feeling in the last couple of months where obviously i'm in a situation where i often like have like I'm talking about design, like on the show, uh I do design events and like conference talks and stuff. And oftentimes like people want me to speak about design stuff, like oh, like what do you think about the latest Figma update or and whatever. And we do talk about these things, but oftentimes I feel a bit like an imposter because it's like I, the reality is I don't spend most of my days in Figma or Sketch or any design tools really like to be honest um so there's an element of myself that is like a little bit one step removed from like the rest of kind of like the design audience i still think i'm like very much in touch with actual design like the end result but for things that are more process heavy or for example like conferences are like hey like Tell us about, like, your design process. I'm kind of like, yeah, like, I can tell you about the stuff I used to do, um, but I don't actually design design anymore, <laughs> you know? like Okay, that's it. Ladies uh, and gentlemen,
0: we got him. Yeah. so He's not a designer.
1: And that's, I find that a little bit challenging. Like, obviously, hey, first world problem, you know? Like, but... Um, I find that a little challenging because there's actually very little um, either conversation or desire to dive into more management things and for Mm -hmm. things like conferences. Like you'll have, and it's not that they don't exist. Like there's definitely like design leadership conferences, but those are design leadership conferences. Like um, (laughs) it's very rare that conferences try to mix these things together um and Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a big barrier or a big wall that people like put between management and actual like ic work that i think could be interesting to talk to talk about and like i would want to say like create talks or like you know talk about content and i think that's something we've been able to do on layout which has been great like because we just decide to talk about whatever we want to talk about but um that it'd be great like for me to do a talk to uh, like not to ICs, basically like non-managers about hey like here's what kind of my life is like or like here's some of the stuff that i learned that maybe can make your life better um but it seems like that's not always the case and then that's why i feel sometimes i feel like a little bit out of place in some conversations um because it's just like yeah like i guess <laughs> you know I, it's like it, my knowledge there is very theoretical um at this point
0: i know you said that you feel uh like an imposter sometimes in certain circumstances but do you feel bad about it do you feel like guilty like you should be you know you should be doing that you should be doing more i see you should know more about what it's like using design tools you should or do you just feel like that's that's my life like i'm okay like it's not that i feel guilty or i feel sad or whatever um yeah i'm wondering is it just like well i grew up quote unquote and please i don't want to say that being a manager is like you know <laughs> more grown up than an IC. Of, uh, I mean, I mean like grew out of it? When I say grow, it's like a positive. It's like you moved away from it, I guess. Um, but you know what I mean. Uh, but like, do, do you do you feel that? Do you feel like you are missing out? Do you wish secretly wish, or not so secretly because you are saying on a po- on a podcast? <laughs> but do you wish like you you would still be an IC or do more IC work or be in that space?
1: that is i find like an interesting question like i truly enjoy the work that i do and i think that the impact that i'm having is superior than the impact i was having before uh and again just talking for myself like mm-hmm. i'm sure there are uh, like i see designers that have are having more impact than i'm having now like no judgment there like this is just talking about my own experience um and I love what I'm doing. Like, so it's, it's not like, I don't think I feel bad for it, but there's a part of me and I've always thought of my career very strategically Um, mm-hmm. in some aspects of like, how do I position myself uh, and how like, where where do I want to go? And this was, like, definitely, like, a thought process that I had, like, before becoming a manager and thinking, like, okay, is this something that I actually want to do? Like, would that make sense for me? Is this a skill that is needed? And, like, can I dedicate, like, enough time to it and have enough care about it to actually become really good at it? Um, And I guess all I'm saying now is, like, sometimes I I never, like, really question my decision but sometimes i just wonder if, like huh like this is maybe in the the like downside column you know that is like okay like there are things and i i have two choices like either i do find ways to do more ic work and i've certainly like even uh gone further away from that like as i've been a manager like in the last few years where I used to have a lot more side projects where I would actually mm-hmm. be an IC. Um, and now it's just, I have a ton of side projects still, but it's like, I'm running a business like with the events that I'm doing and um, I'm doing all these other sorts of things. Um, like also the show, like I, most of the time we talk about design, but we don't actually do design on the show. Um,
0: oh, I'm designing mockups as we speak. You, you don't?
1: <laughs> what? I've been missing out. Yeah. Um, so, um. So yeah, like I don't really feel bad about it, but I think this is like the my second option would be. So sorry, let's rewind that. Um, so yeah. So my so my first option would be actually find ways to bring more IC work um, into my daily mix of things, um, which I. Like I love doing IC work, um, and that's great. But I don't think that's a reality. Like that, I don't see myself having more time (laughs) over time. And um, (laughs) one of the like ways that I can keep scaling is to actually like not be the one that's executing all the time. So it's like it would be basically like trying to swim against a current (laughs) because the current Mm -hmm. wants me to go in one way, Um, and this would be like trying to like hold on to something yeah
0: Um, you can't have both ways yeah which
1: is like just wouldn't be possible and basically what would happen is i'd probably end up being terrible at both Mm -hmm. um so the other way is potentially try to change the industry or change the narrative around things uh and i think like it's and it's not like people dislike managers (laughs) like you know Um, Julie Zhu is doing like really well with her book and everything and like all of the stuff that she's been sharing. Um, But um, I do think that it's still like, I don't know. It still feels like it's more of a, not taboo, but like maybe like it's, it's just that designers don't feel like it's necessarily like for them or something. But I feel like there's an opportunity here to like make people realize like, Hey, actually like, don't think about it as this, like, boring thing where you'll be, like, sending emails and, like, looking over at spreadsheets. Uh, and actually look at it as as management as, like, kind of its own design problem. And, like, let's all talk about that. And, like, management things aren't, like, exclusive conversations that should only happen between managers. Like, I think it's a conversation we can all engage in. Um, and that would just be like more interesting for me and probably be more interesting for people. So that's kind of how, like where I'm at right now. Mm Mm-hmm. How, so like you've sort of become a manager a little bit more recently. It's been a while now though, but, um, have you felt this? Like, I, I know probably for sure at the beginning, it's like, it's a little bit of a rough transition, um, not, not in terms of, like, skill set, but in terms of, do I enjoy what I'm working on? <laughs> At least it was for me, like, where I, f- I felt like I had, like, and I've told this story many times, like, where I had to rewire my brain to, like, not just value the things that I can see, that it's like, hey, this mm-hmm. thing, I have done it, um, and to be more about, like, helping other people in their growth. Mm-hmm. And seeing that change in people rather than seeing change on like a screen. um, But like, where, where are you sitting for that?
0: So for me, for me, it, it was a different transition than the one you had. Cause I never really left IC work. I just, Oh, okay. I just split it a you little bit. It, so I, right. I, I never stopped doing IC work and I'm still the lead I C in most projects. So, It was it was a different thing, but it was enough for me to realize a little, you know, a couple things about being a manager, and if I enjoy it or not. And I think I am just just making peace with the fact that I don't think I enjoy doing a lot of people management, um, but just more of I do like the like kind of like of a mentor and leadership role more like. Mm-hmm. um and not really people management um right and luckily you know the way my company structured like allowed me to offload some of those people management responsibilities to managers to other managers um uh, you know team small enough that so we can do that so i've been doing a lot of experimenting and it's also you know it always changes from report to report everyone is different and you know so you can't base your whole experience in one person or one incident um mm-hmm. but i think that's i think that's that that's where i'm leaning towards um but i've also have been realizing that um the the older i get the more experience i get uh like my ic skills are very ephemeral like it's it's not something that lasts like tomorrow i can be a terrible ic or realize that hey someone (laughs) comes along and they're way better at me like i never will i never consider myself like a an excellent ic right like it's something i really enjoy doing i think i can contribute um a ton but it's not like i'm no ic legend or whatever it's very easy to not being the best
1: (laughs) that's interesting though right because I'm sure that, like, ma- many listeners and, like, many people in the industry, like, actually look up to you and they're like, hey, like, one day, like, I would like to design like Rafa. Like, how do you kind of reconcile that?
0: Maybe it's the thing, like, the more I know, the more I know that I don't know or whatever <laughs> that expression goes. Like, but it's, it's because I, doing I C work is something that you can, you can replicate the end result. Right, you can't replicate the process and how you get there, but you may, I can take any mockup and recreate it, like pixel mm-hmm. by pixel, and effectively arrive at the same, you know, end result. So it's something that it's something you can do, and you can see it in front of you. Um, people management and just like this type of leadership role is more abstract, right? Uh, there's yeah. no right wrong uh there's no like you know It's it's more it's more a personal thing and it it's mm-hmm. it relies way more and more heavily on the your human side like just the the person that you are your personality how you deal with people how you how you communicate your ideas and ideals if you can be a leader or not like, right is it's something it's way harder i think to replicate a leadership type of person just try to be a leader like someone else was or whatever, then I see. Again, I really don't want people to think like I'm trying to say that one is more important than the other. Um, I mean, here I am saying that I want to be an IC. but um, But so because of that, I feel like my contributions as an IC, it's way easier to be replaced by other ICs than maybe the impact that I can have as a leader, a leader, and as a just well, right now as head of design, uh, you know it's also something that the experience that I have in this company, with this team, or the context, or the just the knowledge that I've been accumulating just by the fact that I've been here for a long time, that is not very easily translated or you know handed over to someone else to replace me, right? So I've been seeing that more and more, like, hey, actually, the longer I stay here, this is how I can better uh contribute to my team and the products. Uh more so right. than necessarily IC work. So that's it's been...
1: kind of like that um domain knowledge, like skill set and understanding. Like where it's like you get to a point where you understand the problem space so well mm-hmm. that like you can either execute or like help others execute uh, because you have that domain Mm -hmm. knowledge expertise in that specific area. Uh, And I very much felt the same uh, or at least similar in uh, when I was leading the checkout team uh, Shopify, where it's like I've, I've been part of this team since the very beginning. Like I've been in it for years and years and I like, knew everything front and back you know like everything that happened on checkout like i was involved in those discussions and in those decisions and i did feel like that gave me such a leg up over many other things because i just like if someone had a question it's like i knew why like i we because i had the historical context i've been part of these discussions and it just there's a moment where it's like for me i think it took me a couple years to like get there where i feel like okay, like, I know how to make the decisions because I've seen, like, a lot of things happen mm-hmm. over time and I know how things will play out. Um, So, yeah, I do think, like, and that might also be something in terms of industry that we're not necessarily, like, the best at. It's just, like, staying in one place. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I know, like, maybe it's you know i'm in canada you're uh, in amsterdam and maybe it's a little bit different than uh, what's happening in silicon valley and san francisco but like people change jobs so often <laughs> in the valley um and i feel for me like my god like if i left shopify a year after joining like holy shit i like i would have missed everything like yeah i've only gotten good like a couple years in you know
0: so yeah uh that is true, and it's very, uh, it says a lot about our industry, and, you know, probably our parents' generations, or especially our grandparents' generations, or whatever. Like, my grandparent, my my granddad worked at the same place for almost all of his life, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that was it. And here we are, after a year, we're like, oh, I'm bored, I want something new, or whatever. Um Oh man, I shouldn't make that bad voice. <laughs> it's not bad. I understand. I did that. I did that. Like I was jumping around job from, from job to job and early in my career. Cause I, I wanted more. And as soon as I felt like I was stagnating a little bit, or I wasn't learning at the same pace that I was a couple of months before, I was like, that would scare me. And that would make me just jump. Like, all right, get out of there. Like, keep learning. Don't slow down. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's important, like, I don't think you should put up with bullshit or, like, endure or be miserable for a while just because you want to stay at a place for a long time. Uh, but there's something, like, I feel like sometimes people change jobs uh, because they're, like, they've been through, like, they learned most of the stuff at that, like, first year maybe. Like, they've, they've learned the ropes, like, okay, now I'm familiar with the product that I'm building or now I'm familiar with this team. And they see that as uh, like just slowing down on, on how much you're learning or like just stagnating in your career. Uh, but there's a chance, the very real chance that that is also an opportunity to like, all right, so you've been through the tutorial, right? Like now <laughs> you're familiar with the team and the product. Now you can build on top of that. And that is, um, you know, I think that's that's another type of, of value that you usually don't see until later on, right? Uh, it's like you said, like, yeah. well, looking back after that first year at Shopify in your case, I would have missed them so much, and um, now I'm like, I'm very much in a, in a very similar position. Like, I, even though I'm not at Amplify nearly as long as you've been at Shopify, but uh, I see that, like, my past year, like. This is a whole new set of skills, a whole new set of problems that I had to deal with. That was built on top. I could only get there because they were built on top of previous experiences, previous problems, previous, you know, the previous work. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a conclusion. I don't, I don't want. I was not trying to drive at any point in particular, but, um, yeah, good talk.
1: Yeah. No, I. <laughs> No, I I was just, like, kind of thinking about what you said. Um, Yeah, like, I totally agree. Um, It's... And I think, like, I get what, like, what you... The advantage of switching companies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, sometimes it is hard to... Like, you're in a place where you're kind of pigeonholed in a corner. Or... Uh, even like getting raises and promotions and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like actually can be hard. So like, I don't want to dismiss any of that. Um, but I also do want to recognize that it's like, yeah, like there are cool things about like, once you find that thing you like, actually like stick with it a little bit, you know? And, and what we're arguing, I think is not just do the same thing over and over, because um, this is what you 're good at, and what we 're saying is basically like if you try to stay in a problem space that there's actually like a bunch of new problems that will yeah. unlock themselves and new growth that you will f- that you cannot find any other way, or that it 's extremely hard to find other way um, anyway other than just like div- developing that deep uh, domain expertise.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, when you're playing a video game and you beat the main storyline and some most of the times you just move on to a new game. But uh if it if it's a game you really like, you wanna hundred percent that game. You wanna unlock every little challenge, you wanna you know <laughs> you wanna platinum uh, if you're Platinum. Platinum it Platinum Platinum it. <laughs> want a platinum it PlayStation terms. <laughs> That's like the trophy you get when you hundred percent when you Not win really? all the other trophies. <laughs> Anyway, it's a whole new set of, I'm still playing Breath of the Wild, you know, because there's still more that I want to get. Uh, this is a terrible analogy. I don't want to end here, but I will. Good talk.
1: <laughs> um, let's talk about our sponsor.
0: Let's do that.
1: Let me tell you about Datadog. Datadog is a versatile cloud-scale monitoring platform for logs, application traces, front-end and back-end metrics that streamlines collaboration between dev and ops teams. Datadog's customizable template dashboards can be set up within minutes and integrate with 250 popular technologies like Kubernetes, AWS, PagerDuty, and GitHub. Datadog's rich visualization and intuitive interface allows you to monitor and manage the performance of your containerized applications and services. Key features of Datadog include trace search and analytics for rapid insights into high cardinality data, and Watchdog an auto detection engine that alerts you on performance anomalies. DataDog provides machine learning based alerting and forecasting enabling your team to find and fix potential issues before they escalate. Sign up for a free 14-day trial and DataDog will send you a free t-shirt. So to enter, sign up via datadog.com/layout and create a dashboard. Our thanks to DataDog for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout.
0: Just to add more context, like we at Netlify use Datadog, and it's uh, I don't understand fully what it does and how it does it. So I asked my like platform team, like, "Hey, what's up with this Datadog?" And it's like, "Hey, every chart that we have in these dashboards, like we can see what everything that's going on in our service and in our in our uh, platform. So that, and this is all running on Datadog. Like Datadog makes sure." that we, if something is going wrong we can detect it and we can act on it and fix it so if you might think that your company could use this like say hey this is what Netlify uses and Netlify has been doing okay uh, do this and let me get that free t-shirt please so didadog.com layout and if you just want a t-shirt do that <laughs> sign up free trial free t-shirt our thanks to Didadog thank you awesome
1: Alright, um so this week on Twitter you kind of started this, this little poll. This uh, week on Twitter. This week on Twitter.
0: Previously on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Insert like you know those um like news channel <laughs> like jingle?
0: <"Dum, da-da-dum."> like <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Twitter.
1: <laughs> um does Game of Thrones do these, like, previously on Game of
0: Thrones? Yeah, and they're, like, they're, yeah, and they're very cinematic. And also, they okay. totally ruin, like, they spoil the episode. Right. yeah. It's like, wait, why are you telling me about this one thing that I totally forgot? Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh,
1: we haven't seen that character in months.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wonder why this person is in the preview. There you go. Oh, we only have to yeah, put up with one more fun. episode, and then we're done forever. Um. <laughs> Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. It's not about Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So, you uh, posted on Twitter this poll uh, where you were asking people basically what were their favorite. Like, do they like the dark mode or the light mode on their Mac? Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want to tell us about? You got a lot of votes, actually. Yeah, six hundred eighteen votes. That's impressive.
0: If you listener voted, thank you. uh if you if you didn't vote are you following me on twitter uh, @rafahardy uh cool so have you seen the the results
1: i, I just clicked
0: okay it. okay it's fine um so let me just say that the results were not that surprising but still a little bit like interesting the results are interesting to me it, but even more interesting were all the replies uh so if you ju- if you just look at data um the question is like hey what's your preference dark or light mode on mac uh 39 uh, folks uh answered light mode the majority 55 percent answered dark mode and six percent uh answered that you know they're not mojave i wanted to add that because you know if you this is not an option for you i just wanted yeah. to also know that um also very small number of people not running mojave uh that's a good sign i think um so just take just by looking at these results, it's like so the majority but but not by a lot are running dark mode um and that's what like I see around me uh just looking at other people's computers. <laughs> I swear I'm not a creep uh like I, I i assumed most people would be running dark mode um but this this tweet like what triggered this was like I was thinking my my buddy Ramon. He uses light mode, and like he hates dark mode. Anything looks crap, and he refuses to. Anyway, he also doesn't like, uh, like the space gray MacBook. He's a weirdo. Um, I love you, Ramon. But anyway, I was thinking about that. Like, Ramon's huh, just the light. Am I boy. in the am I in the minority here, or, or not, or Ramon is so. Um. By the way, what I guess we could start by saying, what are we running? Um. What what are you running? What's your preference?
1: Yeah, so on macOS, I'm dark mode all the time. I've switched it on the day that Mojave came out, and I haven't toggled the switch since. That's which same. I think I should do that. I'd I'd be curious to see, but I feel like every time I see a coworker that has the light interface, I'm like, whoa, what is that? What happened? <laughs> um. So yeah, like the dark mode just has become what macOS looks like for me.
0: Mm. And, and
1: it's not for any kind of like big scientific results or reasons. It's not because it's hard on my eyes or anything. It's
0: just I think it looks better. Oh, okay. That is very interesting. Uh, That's
1: on the Mac. On the iPhone, it's more of necessity uh, at night. Um, but on the Mac, it's no difference to me.
0: Okay, that is, that is very interesting because I, <laughs> I, I have the same answer but for opposite reasons. Uh, so I'm also running dark mode and I have flipped the switch when I updated the OS. And like like you, I haven't gone back. But I do think it looks worse. I just, as an OS, just purely from an aesthetic uh, point of view, I think it does look worse uh, for a lot of reasons. Like it's more inconsistent. Um, it's like... It, it, it's taking a long time for other apps to adopt that, that that style. So for the longest time, and still today, there's like a couple apps that just they just stand out like as not they're not using dark mode. And most importantly, a lot of the apps that did update to 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 have a dark mode, maybe because they're an electron app, maybe because they have weird implementation things, but they, they're not like a native look. Probably the most popular app of of these is Chrome, which recently uh, adopted like uh, introduced dark mode. That implementation of dark mode is very much non-native. So even if you live in a perfect world and where all of the apps that you use have adopted dark mode, it's still a inconsistent mess. Like the styles, they don't they do not look good, in my opinion. With all of that said the reason why i do run dark mode is because i think it's just so much better on my eyes and uh, especially because i do use a very large monitor like a 27 inch monitor um it's a very bright panel so if you run a, a light mode it's just it's just a it's just too much it's too bright and like it once i've gone damn no, i'm not gonna go there <laughs> so, <laughs> once i want dark no anyway um so it's very jarring when i try to switch back it's very jarring and i can't and so that is the reason any comments i would like to go through some of the replies um
1: Uh, yeah sure i just switched the toggle back to light mode and holy pants (laughs) i don't i like i don't even remember what like the normal (laughs) controls look like the light ones it is yeah. I don't know. I've gotten so used to dark mode. Yeah. But it's yeah. Any interesting comments? Um. Ride?
0: So, yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, I think if I had to sum up all the replies, and I, of course I can't go through all. There, there was quite quite a few. So if I if you did tweet at me, and I don't mention your name right now, you know, sorry. Uh, it's just it was a lot. But but if I had to sum up, it's like we have the camp of people who who like i said like they use light mode because they think it looks better it's a better implementation i agree with them also light mode is now we're calling it light mode but that's just you know a year ago that was mac os it wasn't a mode right that was the right that's how os 10 mac os looked it had years and years and decades worth of polish and and thoughtfulness and whatever um so and then dark mode just looks unfinished like it doesn't look as sharp and polished as uh, whatever so that was like that there's that camp there's the camp of like well i can't use light mode again like some we mentioned these reasons because it's just too too uh harsh on my eyes um and then there's a lot of folks that do a mix of both So, so they either do just there's a bunch of like a uh, little utility apps that w- will switch mode uh, automatically depending on the time of day. So effectively when it's bright out, you will have it in light mode. Once the sun goes uh, down, it would activate uh dark mode. And we're going to put links in the show notes. A couple of people mentioned a couple of apps. So there's not only one, but uh, we're going to put links in the show notes. Uh, if you want to, if you want to do that and I'll probably, I think I'll try doing this. I think I'll try to do this. Um, and then there's uh, other folks who run a mix of both, but not necessarily like switching from one to another. Uh, it's like they effectively go the route that you had pre Mojave, so they do the menu bar and the dock in dark mode. Which that I really think it looks better. It's just it's, it's too yeah. jarring having the the menu bar be like a you know just a solid color <laughs> pretty much yeah. um so but they do that and then effectively all the apps uh run light mode um so that's it uh <laughs> again the majority uh runs dark mode apparently uh there's probably also some just because it's new right so there's that there's that component just it's a the new shiny thing So I wonder if you get also tired of dark mode, it'll be, you know, uh, it'll be a toss. And also, but also keep in mind that light mode is still the default. So I would say if, of course, this is people who voted are people who follow me on Twitter. And if you follow me on Twitter, it's probably because you're a designer or a web person or whatever. Um, I think if we were to run a poll just for the majority of people, the normies, (laughs) I bet. Uh, light mode would win just because it's a default and most people don't care.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And most people don't even know that this is an option, I think,
0: right? Yeah, because what's the system preferences? What do you mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and but they put it in the onboarding, but my guess is people just click like next, 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 uh, next, Yeah, you're right, I you forgot about, don't that. Even right. about it. You're, you're so, right. yeah, like I think they've done their best <laughs> to like bring awareness to this. Um, but I still think that there's a lot of people that are just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of don't care um on ios though i think for me it is the dark mode is much more of a necess- necessity like i can't imagine using tweetbot without having the dark mode that kicks it in at night yeah it would just like blind myself
0: <laughs> and i are pretty sure so, like you know if you follow the rumor mill It's very likely that they'll probably introduce like a dark mode, a native dark mode in iOS 13 or something, just like they did with the Mac. Uh, I mean, you don't have to read the leaves or whatever to to get there. Anyway, um, the one thing I think I'll try, so I'll try that that automatic switch from light to dark, Uh, but I'm actually glad that a lot of apps are... Giving you the option to pick a mode independent of the mode that you run the OS in. Yeah,
1: that's pretty great.
0: Because, like, uh, honestly, Sketch is one of those apps that I can't use in life mode anymore. Because first I use Sketch in full screen in a 27-inch monitor. So, like, there's a lot of canvas <laughs> on my face. Um, and, like, when you have it in dark mode, the artboard, so most of my artboards are with a light background, um, they just, like, I can focus on the artboard itself instead of, like, just a whole bright canvas uh, screaming at me. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently I'm not alone. Uh, listener, well, I don't know if it's a listener, but a uh, tweeter <laughs> follower, my young Kana said something very similar. Like, uh, abstract and sketch complement each other very, very well and uh, in dark mode and, and yeah, the sketch you can... It's easier to focus on the wireframes or, or the artboards. So... Interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if any if our listeners have any more thoughts um, on the matter. I think it was just like a little interesting thing. Um, and that concludes our recap of the week on Twitter. Ah. On. Okay. Uh, is that is that it? Uh, anything else on dark light mode? I also I just want I just have to say like there's a lot of uh, like websites that are doing this right like like twitter and stuff and providing dark modes um are you of the opinion that if you're gonna go with a dark mode should you just try to mimic the native behavior or should you also make like a custom like branded dark mode like twitter does right like twitter's dark mode is very much like a twitter dark blue um and i wonder because i so you know i don't know if i can't say this, but I will, so whatever. Um, I created a little pull request and I tried just honestly, I spent like 20 minutes uh, just seeing how I would go in providing a dark mode for Netlify, all the UI. Guess what I did? I just inverted colors and like used our color palette still. Um, just try to replicate some of the little things that Apple does, like providing a little uh, light. Thin border to the windows, or in this case, Netlify to the cards, and just make it stand out, offer a little bit more contrast. So all those little tricks, but effectively, I stayed in Netlify's color palette. And now I wonder: is that effectively every dark mode is going to look different if you just try to brand it? I don't think you shouldn't brand it, but at the same time, like you know, I guess you could say the same: like every app and website have to have the same white background. You can't go off white, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, my rule would be if you're a Mac app, you need to follow the standard. If you're a website or an app, you can do whatever the hell you want. Because <laughs> uh, the app is like, who cares, right? Because like, it takes over the whole screen. But on the Mac, like, if I have two windows side by side, I don't want one to be like one shade of gray and the other one to be a different one. So yeah, that would be my simple rule of thumb <laughs> um one thing that i do want to say though is like <laughs> this is gonna be like a, a funny thing that's just like part of the show but uh I'm, i still am i swear i still am working on my portfolio <laughs> i'm very very close um oh my God. and from the get-go even before I believe I started, I started so long ago now. Um, that was before there was ever any mention of uh, dark mode on Mac. Uh, but I made it so that I could... Basically, I'm using CSS variables. Mm-hmm. And it makes it super easy to basically switch the themes. Uh, so I made it using all the variables. So all of my colors are right there. So I can easily switch between light and dark mode. Mm-hmm. And I I love dark mode on Mac. but. I kind of like the light mode better for my website. So I'm very conflicted right now on like, do I ship both themes? Do I have to come up with some kind of UI for people to select their own preference, which seems a little bit over the top?
0: Yeah. There's not to a or, bit of browser website for, you know, Yeah. I need like a preference I, panel.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not sure which way I should be going here. I feel like probably the right answer is find a way to tweet the dark theme so that I like it and just, like, have it update based on the... Th- or, on the...
0: Or hear me out, just be a rebel and go the other way. Like, have the media query, but if someone is running a dark mode, just show the light <laughs> version.
1: <laughs> that Blind would them
0: with your portfolio-ness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the best troll ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. But um yeah, definitely definitely a big fan of the the dark theme on macOS.
0: Boom. Okay, should we do recommendations real quick before we go? Let's do it. Okay, my recommendation is this app slash website slash service slash company called Loom. And uh what they do is like they have this really cool product. Uh effectively is like they're pushing that Especially if you work remotely or whatever via the internet, instead of just trying to write long emails or long posts or whatever long GitHub issues, just quickly record your screen with a little overlay of your face. Like you can use a camera and just walk through whatever you're doing. This can be for like team meetings or like, in my case, I'm just presenting design work and trying just walking through the mock-ups um so again it records the screen it records your face and it records your audio of course and as you finish the recording it just uploads and then you can quickly share on slack and it has its own very good uh custom player inside slack and people can just watch the video and comment on a specific timestamp and stuff it's just a really cool product and it's something that i've been using like not the product itself but like this type of method uh, i've been recording my screen and myself uh for a long time and i do crazy editing just for the for comedy's sake um and it's like this product loom this is i think it was made for me like thank you loom um i didn't have to but thanks so much so <laughs> and by the way just just going through their onboarding uh just creating an account and just installing the the, the little utility app uh on your mac like the whole onboarding i gotta say it was probably one of the best onboarding flows in a like a web service that i've used in a long time and huh really just for just for that alone i, I feel like you know if you're designing you care about this hey it's for research so you can do it uh, you can <laughs> build your company for it just uh download install it uh they're not a sponsor so i don't get anything from it <laughs> uh, just just give it a shot it's i think it's pretty cool Pretty cool product. it's free. So, you know.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's a tool that, like, every person that works remotely absolutely needs Mm -hmm. when you need to, like, show someone something really quickly. So, yeah. Great recommendation. Uh, Loom.com. All right. So, my recommendation um, is a book that I just finished. Um, It's called When Breath Becomes Air. And basically, I don't know if you've heard of this book before. No. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So, um, it was recommended to me by, um, a one of our uh, data scientists. Um, and basically it's this, uh, memoir, uh, from this neurosurgeon that learned that he had cancer and basically like would only have like a couple months left. Oh to live. shit. Um, and so like, this is not a spoiler. Like, you know, this, like this book has been published after his death. Oh, crap. Um, but it's it's like a really interesting book because he writes it like, you know, first person, this is like the last, basically the last thing he did before uh, passing away. Um, and he had like this whole like career, like it was finally like at the top of his field, like had all this, these like plans and like things he wanted to accomplish. And he was like, finally like got like this like super prestigious title and then like at that moment um he learned about that um there's so many interesting like this will provoke a lot of thoughts um it's a very short and easy read um like it yeah it really made me think a lot about life and when i think about it like one of the things he mentions in the book um is that before learning he had cancer he knew um he would die at one point he just didn't know when and then when he learned that he had cancer like he still knew he would die uh probably sooner (laughs) uh, than before but he still didn't know when and like one of the interesting parts of the book is that um it's like it's so hard to know what to do with your life in in this point like, because you ha- kind of have no idea you're like if i have one day left then i can make a decision or if i have two years left then i can make a decision but if i don't know how do you how do you know like how do you prioritize like how do you keep keep on living yeah and so i'm not gonna tell you what the answer is but there's a lot of good answers in there um so yeah i would i'd recommend it
0: pretty good damn one. okay i've added to my uh, want-to-read list.
1: Um, So my second recommendation this week to, like, after you read this book, like, you can cheer up, Um, is this... I don't know if you've seen this video. Um, It's a video that someone uh, posted, and I think it was retweeted by Joel Khalifa on Twitter. Um, It's called Star Wars SC38 Reimagined. And basically, it's this fan who recreated... Um, the fight scene, uh, between, uh, uh Darth Vader and, uh, Obi- uh, Ben Kenobi.
0: Yeah, I've seen this. And yeah. it's
1: amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Um, cause the, f- the fight in the original movie is, you know, a little bit well, boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is like super epic. It's like, imagine the, um, the Darth Vader from Rogue One, <laughs> um, so yeah it's it's really good uh it's like a six minute long video so go check it out it's really awesome
0: all right so that is it for uh today's show it's a good one uh before we go quick shout outs uh to the following listeners lauren brichter hey uh reaver (laughs) team bend super tim and dave darns i see what you're doing dave Uh, and (laughs) that is it if you want to get in touch with us and maybe get a shout out next week you can follow us on twitter and tweet at us at layoutfm you can follow me uh, on twitter I'm at rafahari and Kevin is at vernalkick you can find the show notes uh, of everything we mentioned on this show uh, on our website that is layout.fm over there you can also find links to subscribe in your favorite podcast app I guess and uh, you can also find more information if you want to sponsor this show uh, and speaking of sponsoring this show, our huge thanks to our sponsor this week, that is uh, Datadog. Uh, once again, you can get a free t-shirt and a free trial by going to datadog.com layout. Uh, and uh, lastly, this show is part of the Spec FM network, so uh, we're one big happy family of podcasts. And folks, so if you're looking for more stuff to listen to, check them out at spec.fm. And with that, I will talk to you, Mister Kevin Clark, next week.
1: All right, bye, Bye -bye. boy, 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 boy.